welcome to the podcast at forallourkids.com. We hope you've been enjoying our series, King Vikram and Betal. Today is the third story in this series. The power that nobody wanted. His footsteps sounded loud in King Vikram's ears. There was not a soul stirring in that graveyard. And now he knew where the corpse hung. Without any hesitation, he walked over to the tree, pulled the corpse, and put it on his shoulder, and started his long trek again. This journey was silent no more. As soon as King Vikrama started walking back, the vampire started. So, King Vikrama, you've got me again. You are dedicated. But why exactly are you cutting me away on your shoulder? Hmm? You work this hard to fulfill someone's wish. Why? Somehow, giving me up to the hermit will magically make everything perfect for your kingdom. Do you really believe that? By the way, do you really want everything to be perfect? Be careful what you wish for. Quite often, when we get what we want, we find that we don't want it after all. Let me tell you the story of the bead necklace. Rohan and Rohini were twins. They lived in a town in the foothills of the mountains. If you ask them what they liked the most in life, they would both say, Adventure! From exploring the hills, swimming in the river, and trying their hand at every new activity, the two had no fear. Naturally, this got them into a lot of trouble. One day, their parents gave them chores to do, hoping to keep them at home and out of trouble. Of course, the two tried their best to finish all the work. They really did. But folding clothes, cleaning the garden, and organizing the kitchen can be incredibly dull for children who'd rather climb the mango tree, peek into birds' nests, and find treasure in caves. Seeing their mother nap after lunch, the two children filled a bag with snacks and slipped out of their home and their yard and fled into the hills. And there they played for a while. Hey, look at it shine, Rohan held up a rock to catch the light. Let's take it home, Rohini said. Soon, the collection of treasures to take home, heart-shaped leaves, shiny stones, colorful feathers, all this had grown so much that it was impossible for them to carry it all in their hands. What did they do? They found a rock flat enough for both of them, right by the river. There, they sat munching on the muruku. They wanted to empty their bag. Rohini swished her feet in the river below. Minnows darted here and there in the flowing water. Crushing the muruku into small crumbs, Rohini flung them into the water. Fish came together like the petals of a flower to catch the crumbs, and then disappeared with the flow of the water. Oh, why do we have to do chores? 
There is so much to see and so much to do. If only we could hide away like this every time, Rohan grumbled. Their bag was almost empty. Just then, thumps of running feet and shouts made them jump. An uneasy feeling settled in their stomach. They climbed up higher and hid behind a large rock. Rohini peeked out from the safety of her hiding place. Five men spread out on the rocks below, trying to catch something in the empty air. Their eyes glinted as hard as the steel of the knives in their belt. Where did he go? asked a gruff voice. If the men didn't look so disreputable and chill their bones, the two children would have thought it was the funniest thing that they'd ever seen. But they stayed still behind the rocks, quiet as a feather. The men walked on, checking behind the rocks, looking for something or someone. Rohan made to step out, but Rohini pulled him back with a finger at her lips. Shh, let's wait for another ten minutes to be sure they won't come back. Rohini mouthed to her twin. That's how, when a new man appeared on the rocks, he didn't see the twins. A bead necklace hung between his hands as if he had just taken it off his neck. The children held their breath. What magic was this? The man looked around furtively and hurried on, away from the path the five bandits had taken. Rohan and Rohini waited a little longer before they hurried to the rock below and collected their treasures. Then they walked home. The kids were unusually quiet and stayed home for the next few days. What happened to them, their mother thought. The day she went to the market, she took Rohan and Rohini with her to help her. Rohini felt a sharp dig in her waist and turned crossly. Over there, isn't that the same necklace? Rohan whispered. The jewelry stall had many bead jewels, but one stood out. Large colorful beads with an even bigger red bead in the middle. This looked exactly like the necklace the man on the rock had. As one, the twins walked to the stall. Um, um, excuse me? I'd like to buy that necklace, please, Rohini asked. Luckily for them, they had enough money to buy it. It's so beautiful. Where did you get it? I'd like to buy another one for my mother, Rohan asked. Oh, there's only one of that kind, I'm afraid. A little girl sold it to us, the jeweler told him. That evening, Rohini and Rohan both tried the necklace on. And yes, they did become invisible. It was the same necklace. Now, keeping quiet about the necklace was the hardest thing Rohan and Rohini had ever had to do in their short lives. At first, they were very careful when they used the necklace. But as time went by, it was just too tempting 
to play gags on their friends. One evening, Rohan wore the necklace and climbed the mango tree in a neighbor's garden. In his excitement, he forgot to check for other people in the garden. Down below, the grandma of the house saw a bag floating in the air. Mango snapped off the branches and disappeared into the bag. And she let out a loud howl. Something toppled and fell to the ground loudly, along with the raining mangoes and bag. Grandma pulled herself up and ran to the spot. Her feet connected with something. She plonked herself on the wiggly, invisible Rohan and hollered for the others in the house. And so, Rohan's parents and everyone else there got to hear about the necklace. The twins' parents heard about the bandit and the man and had no idea how the necklace came to the store. They knew that it wasn't safe to keep the necklace. After a night of discussions, they decided to hand it over to the head of the townsmen. Now the headman, he was really surprised by the gift. He tried it on and walked around. And sure enough, no one could see him. He was a very wise man. Every now and then, he wore the necklace, walked around the village listening to what was going on. Thieves, gamblers and others, who were out to fleece the townspeople, learned that their secrets were no longer safe. The town became a much safer place. On one such night, the headman went about exploring Market Street. The shops were closed for the night, but he could make out the shapes of a group of men sitting and talking. He tiptoed close to the men and eavesdropped. Oh, he's an honorable man. He wouldn't do that. A tradesman shook his head, defending someone. Another querulous voice spoke up. Ha! He walks around with that magic necklace, and no one knows what he does or listens to. No one can resist the temptation of using something like that for his own benefit. The headman is only an ordinary person like us. I have my doubts about him. I bet he walks around listening for information to make his business better than the competition. I wouldn't be surprised if he's here right now. An uncomfortable silence sizzled on the group, and it broke up. The headman padded away and went home. He lay awake, biting his lips, pulling his cover on and off. Unable to stay in bed, he tiptoed to the hall. When the rays of the dawning sun shone through the window, he knew what he had to do. He called for his assistant and told him to keep an eye on his affairs, saddled his horse and left for the capital of the kingdom. Uday was the Raja of the kingdom and he was known to be a wise man. The headman reached Vishalpur, the capital, and went straight to the palace. He passed on the responsibility of the bead necklace to the king and rode back the same day. 
Uday decided to keep the necklace with him rather than give it to the attendants for safekeeping. He wore the necklace every now and then and roamed around freely all over Vishalpur. Vishalpur had always been a safe place. It became safer. Thanks to the necklace, Uday was able to root out the criminals and their hiding places. Then, on one of his nightly excursions, Uday wandered aimlessly, enjoying his time alone. A door opened to his right, and a man came out. There was a commotion inside. Curious, Uday fell in step behind someone opening the door and found himself in an inn. There, a man was acting out and the crowd roared with laughter. Uday felt hot. Blood rushed to his face. The man was mimicking him. He was making fun of him. Wasn't he the most benevolent and wise king? How dare he? Uday's jaws tightened and he reached for his knife. The room fell silent as he materialized with the necklace in his other hand. The security officers on the street led the man away. Uday was not happy. An uneasy feeling niggled at him as he lay down to sleep. Nothing could shake it off. He woke up the next morning with the same feeling. The court too was subdued as if waiting for him to do something. Uday stayed lost in thought. Later that day, a man approached the king. Raja, I hear that you have my necklace. I lost it in the forest. I don't know how it came to you, but I'd like my property back. Can you tell me what it looks like? Raja Uday asked the man. It has 35 colorful beads in all, with a bead in the middle, all red in color. But my necklace has a special power. When you wear it, you become invisible to everyone around you. The Raja immediately handed the necklace over to the man. Soon after, he asked his guards to release the man they had imprisoned the night before. The vampire laughed and said, Oh, Vikrama, isn't it strange what happened here? The kids wanted to be invisible so they could have fun. But their parents gave the necklace away. The headman of the town used the necklace very wisely, but he too gave it away to the king. Now, the king, his behavior was the most puzzling. He could have used the necklace to benefit his whole kingdom. Instead, he gave it back to the man who claimed it was his. He was the king. He could have kept it and there would have been no recriminations. Why didn't any of these people keep the necklace? If you know the answer and don't speak, your head will shatter into a thousand pieces. King Vikram replied to the Betal. The children didn't understand the true power of the bead necklace. The parents were right to be concerned for their safety. Already, many people knew about the necklace. The news would spread and the bandits would come back looking for it. 
they were wise to give it to the headman. Now the headman had greater security, right? So he was not in danger from the bandits. But the night he heard the merchants on Market Street, he realized that he could lose the trust of the townspeople. A leader cannot lead without the trust of his people. So he handed the necklace to the king. Yes, the king could have used the necklace to help his entire kingdom. The night he arrested the man who made fun of him, he realized that things had changed. As a king, he should be able to handle criticism and mockery. But in the heat of the moment, he had had the man arrested. Uday realized that he should have walked away from the inn rather than react in anger. So what if the man made fun of him? People should have the freedom to do what they wanted as long as they didn't create problems for others. If he punished people for making fun of him, then he was misusing his powers as a king. That is why when the real owner came for the necklace, he returned it. He was already a wise and just ruler. He didn't need the necklace to make his kingdom a better place. No sooner had King Vikram finished, the betal flew back to its tree. This is the end of today's story. What do you think? Do you agree with Vikram's answer? Has there ever been a time when you really, really, really wanted something and then you got it and then you realize, no, it's not so much fun after all. It's either too much responsibility or it's not as much fun as you thought it would be. Has that ever happened to you? What do you think? Write to us and tell us if you like the story. Now, do come back next week for the fourth episode in the King Vikram and Betal series. Until then, goodbye from all of us at For All Our Kids. For All Our Kids